the first fruits of his creatures. That's right. Salvation, guys. The greatest gift that mankind has ever been offered and has ever received came by way, begat to us, okay? How did it come to us? Through words, through the word of truth. God could have used anything that he wanted to to convey his way of salvation to mankind, but he didn't. What did he choose? He chose words to do so. And it tells us how important our communication is with one another, with our husbands, with our wives, with our sons and daughters and parents, with our neighbors, our coworkers, and everyone that is in our daily sphere of influence, communicate with them one way or another. God chose to, to prove to us the importance of communication because words build the world. Our speech, our communication is an indicator of our spiritual development and growth. When we, when we go to the doctor, guys, when we go to a visit, a checkup, or, or to get everything looked at, what does the doctor have you do? He says, stick out your tongue. Why does he tell us to do that, or why does she tell us to do that? Because the mouth is the first line of defense of our immune system. But it will reveal what is going on in the rest of the body. The doctor is looking for anomalies, for issues, for indicators of what is going on in your body, and he's looking in your mouth, guys. Our communication works the same way. It's not just a physical trait. When people open their mouths to speak, how people open their mouths, how they open their mouths to speak, even at what place in the conversation people open their mouths to speak reveals what's going on in their body. It reveals what's going on in their life. Beloved, communication is the key to society. Can I, can I say this just a little sidebar here real quick? If you're having a conversation with someone and you're talking to them and when that person takes a breath or they blink and you fill that time up, which is only about 1.3 1, 1. Uh, of a second, and you start talking to relate or over-relate or top the subject they're speaking up, you know what that tells that person? What you're saying is not important. Listen to me now. But yet we're supposed to be swift to hear, slow to speak. It reveals where your heart is. It reveals where your mind is. It reveals to the world of, of the, how the importance of that person sat before you or sat beside you. And I see it all the time with husbands and wives, sons and daughters. I see it all the time in, in, in society, amongst preachers. I see it in the gym. I see it in the, the community. People just vying to be heard. Our communication works this way. It's the key to society. Words build the world. Our speech is a primary indicator of our spiritual growth and development. And beloved, if your speech is devolving, then it is doing so because your spiritual development is becoming weaker and weaker and weaker. Communicate. What if I communicated better with my wife? What if I communicated better with my husband? What if I communicated better with my daughter? What if I communicated better with my son? I'm so thankful yesterday I got to FaceTime with Daniel just but a few moments because he's limited in his data while he's away and on deployment. But he took the time, man, to reach out and call his dad and talk to me for a while. I said, hey, son, smile. He goes, okay, so he smiled, and I screenshotted our, our FaceTime. I know that may sound silly to you, but I'm cherishing the moments, man. I'm not going to go, what if I didn't take that photo of him? It was a good time. David rang us <clears throat> Friday night. He had the day off work, had to go to the VA that day and uh, get some get checkup on his wrist and things like that. And we talked for I don't know how long, hour or so, on the phone Friday evening. 
What a blessing that is. Darius, I talked to him earlier this, uh, this or last week, uh, during the week. Talked for about an hour and ten minutes on the phone. Amen. Now, he was at work. Don't know if he should have been doing that anyway, but, but he was doing his job and talking to me at the same time. But guys, it, it's important little moments in time that you take to give your attention to someone else. To let them know how much you love them. The category of this topic of what if and uh, ties into our communication in more ways than one. What if the words we use are damaging? What if our words are actually missing? Meaning this, that what if we chose not to witness the gospel? What if your last form of communication was about flowers in the game last night rather than rather than the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, th- those aren't bad things to speak about. Don't take me wrong. But the eternal way to glory rests in our willingness to speak about the one who saves our soul so another soul may be saved. Let me ask you this question, husbands. What if I love you is missing in your final moments? Ladies, wives, let me ask you this. What if I love you is missing in your final moments to your spouse? It applies across the board. When we address the question of what if by cherishing each moment and every moment leading us to capitalize on the time given for our communication, we can understand the gravity of our speech, just how much power it holds, especially in addressing the question of what if. Solomon said in Proverbs 18 and verse 21, he says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. A man or a woman's character is revealed in their speech. And what they say, again, our communication. It doesn't take long to figure out either. Uh, This is why the Lord Jesus Christ said in Matthew 12, 34, uh, He said, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Again, when we open our mouth, it reveals what's going on inside. I covered these points here real briefly in a in the previous uh, series, but if you have a, a harsh tongue, you have an angry heart. If you have a negative tongue, you have a fearful heart. If you have an overactive tongue, you have an unsettled heart. A prideful tongue shows you have an incons- uh, insecure heart. A lying tongue means that you have a deceitful heart. And, and while I'm on that topic, embellishment is lying. It's deceit. All right? A half-truth, is a whole lie. Let's make it clear. If you have a filthy tongue, it reveals you have an impure heart. A critical tongue means you got a bitter heart. And yet, on the contrary, guys, if you've got an encouraging tongue, it means you got a happy heart. If you've got a gentle tongue, it means you got a loving heart. A, a, a truthful tongue, it means you got an honest heart. We just heard Wednesday night about Paul, the Apostle Paul, how he was an honest man. James, go, James says yet uh, in, his, in his letter, Behold, we put bits in, in the horse's mouth that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. And behold, also the ships, which, were, which though they be so great, are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. The bit in the rudder is used in, as an example of how small things can be controlled, can control the, the direction of very large things. I've used this illustration again in that other series on communication, but you think about this, that a full-grown horse, guys, weighs anywhere between 681 kilos to 909 kilos, and some of them even bigger than that. 
We had a Clydesdale that was, that was nigh unto 3,000 pounds at one time. And yet the, the average horse's bit is only about 12 to, to 15 centimeters in length. Not, not a very big thing in comparison. Yet the horse is trained to move wherever the bit tells he or she to go. But the, the bit teaches the horse self-discipline. And a bit is held into a horse's mouth by what? A bridle. A bridle is something that is to control something else. It's meant to restrain, to lead, and direct the horse. And it's the same thing with our tongue. The same illustration with that rudder. When you look at a rudder in comparison to the size of a ship, a rudder or a ship is a hundred to maybe not thousands times bigger than that rudder. And yet the rudder dictates the direction of the ship even when the storms are raining down. And the wind beats upon the ship and the sea is raging against the vessel. It's the rudder that still controls the action. Beloved, our communication is no different. No matter the size of the situation at hand, no matter the storm and the battle, the winds of life, uh, we are to labor to control the tongue, to bridle the tongue uh, in a way so that to not fall prey to circumstances and situations at hand. Doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that our words can't be firm, straightforward, or even abrasive if need be. But what it does mean is that the intention of our heart is what is called into question of the what if. What's the purpose of our communication? What are we attempting to achieve? What is the end goal at hand? And this is where self-discipline comes into play as our example that we're given with that bit in that rudder. If you lack discipline, guys, you are missing the key element in your Christian life. Having the ability to restrain your speech, having the ability to have proper communication with your loved one. Our communication reveals our heart, our being. Solomon says, keep thy heart for, with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Out of our heart are the issues of life. I know we always look at that in the negative tone. We always say, out of our heart is wickedness. Out of our heart is sin. Out of our heart is this, 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 and this. But you know what? Out of the heart are also the good things in life. Out of the heart is also the kind things in life. To check on someone when they're down. I think the girls left the ladies' devotion yesterday, and some young kid uh, peeled out or did a spin or something on the roundabout, popped up on the curb, and, and Bailey spoke up and said, Mom, we need to check on him, make sure he's okay. And they pulled over and stopped and said, hey, man, you okay? He was scared to death, I'm sure, and, and probably more embarrassed than anything. But it was the fact that they took, the, took the, minute, the second or the minute to make sure he was okay. The good things can come out of our heart as well, but it's going to be controlled with the tongue. We need discipline. Discipline is required in our daily lives, but especially when it comes to communication. Husbands and wives, you may not want to speak to one another. You may not want to open up. Let me tell you something. Your wife or your husband is not going to know what's going on inside of your heart unless you talk, unless you communicate, unless you speak to them and be willing to listen to them in return. Discipline is what allows people to get things done. Discipline in the tongue is different from many people, and most of us have been trained to believe that discipline or self-discipline, uh, they are mutually exclusive, and they're not. We've got to be mighty careful with what we say, more importantly, how we say it, because communication reveals the spiritual maturity or the lack thereof. This is one of the areas people struggle in, being able to control themselves, manage your own lives, if someone cannot control what they say, or let's say it like this, 
what they say is divisive or full of discord. Well, this is the manifestation of what is in the heart and therefore what is going on in the rest of the body. And it'll never be sorted out. If the tongue isn't tamed first, you may be sitting here today, you may be listening online at some other time, and you may be going through some, uh, some issues in your family. If you can't sort the communication part out of the what ifs, you're not going to sort anything else out at all. I personally believe this, and this may, I may be wrong. I'll, I'll go ahead and put it at the forefront. I believe it is vitally important for us to cherish every moment we have together, especially as husbands and wives, as friends, as family, as brothers and sisters in Christ, as church members. I think, again, I, I know I'm not wrong about this. I think we should take every opportunity to be in the house of God together, one with another. Forsaken not the assemblies of yourself together as the manner of some is. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Amen. You're not going to get this time forever. Guys, there's going to be a time in your life, these days are gone. They're history. And all you're left then is a what if of the past and not the present. I think we ought to capitalize on the time that we have. But my friend, if we cannot discipline our communications one with another, if we can't discipline how we speak one to another, or for that matter to the world today, cherish and, and capitaliz capitalization, they're off the, they're off the table. They don't mount a hill of beans in southern speech. It's important for us to understand that discipline is an ability we all have. It's just that too many choose not to exercise discipline in their life. And they're stuck with saying, what if I would have, rather than addressing the issue now saying, what if I will? The building blocks of society, communication, words build the world. They can be used for heaven or they can be used for hell. They can be used to build your relationship one with another or they can be used to tear them down. Our, we used to use a saying 30 some odd years ago in a family class I taught and uh, we used to say, uh, uh, you're either part of the construction crew or the destruction crew, one of the two. So finally, beloved, in addressing the question of what if in the present and attempting to best, to the best of our ability, provide an honest answer we must consider our conversation. Now, before you think this is double talk, saying you just covered communication, I'm using the word conversation in the biblical definition of the sense as found in Philippians 1.27. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. There's a multitude of other verses that support uh, the definition of the word conversation, meaning our conduct, lifestyle, how we carry ourselves, how we direct ourselves, how we dictate ourselves. But Paul says, only let your conversation becometh as the gospel of Christ. What if our conversation was as the gospel of Christ? It's a good question. Rather than a stressful one to answer, I, I, I would agree as well. But does our life resemble the gospel of Christ? What if today, what if today, what, 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 if, what are you doing to become, or what if what you're doing today becomes the last thing on the earth that you do? What if your conduct this morning 
is the last conduct that anyone ever sees? What if your attitude this morning is the final attitude that you will ever be remembered by? What actions did you have this morning to leave your spouse for the rest of their life? What words did you say that will shut around their mind for the rest of their days. How will your neighbor, your coworker, your gym mate, etc., look at Jesus Christ in the gospel by way of our conversation, by way of our conduct, by way of our commitment, by way of our faithfulness? What if today you answer the, the, the question that is before you in the present so you don't have to suffer the question of what if in the past? So this question is for young and old alike, and I close. What if? It's one with repercussions, guys. I would love to tell you this morning that it's one that has no weight, but it does. It's an answer that is left empty today, has a long-standing, if not eternal, weight upon us all. But let our question now be, what if I do, as opposed to having to look back what if I would have? Will you bow your heads this morning? Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for the wonderful opportunity to be here today. We thank you for this time together, one with another. And I pray this morning that you take the message and write it upon the table of our hearts, Lord, that be not distracted with anything else other than what we've just heard and seen, learned. And allow us to apply it into our hearts, Lord, that we, that we be not that person constantly has to look back saying what if I would have done this what if I would have said this and, and father we understand that every one of us in here today we have those what ifs in our life but today's the day to make the difference today is the day to make a change today is the day to use that bit and bridle to use that rudder to direct our lives to address of what if I do rather than what if I would have we ask you now to bless us, Lord. Fill our hearts with thy joy. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I do hope and pray that the preaching and teaching of the word of God was a blessing to your heart this morning.